I only talk about two things. Fellowship and prayer. In the next few minutes. The Bible says they continue together in breaking bread and in fellowship. Moving from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with men. And the Lord added unto them the church even as many as they were being saved. I'll begin by giving you a testimony. Um, I like John, the Apostle John. The reason I like the Apostle John is he's a man who prefers to share experience. He says, that which was from the beginning, that we declare it to you. We declare it with the things that we have seen, that we have looked upon, that we have touched concerning the word of life, that you may have fellowship with us. For truly our fellowship is the Lord Jesus Christ. He likes experience. One thing brothers have realized in life is this. So let me digress a bit. That people can question what you say about scripture. But people can never question your experience with Christ. And every time I'm sharing with an unbeliever, I always share what Christ has done in me. Brothers and sisters, it's powerful. It's powerful. You can't hang around me for one hour and I don't tell you what Christ has done through me. I will not. I have to share with you. One day I shared with a young man. He dropped me in, in Ghana. Uh, I was in Ghana and I wanted to go to uh, the church of our brother, Pastor Menzo Tabila. So this tax guy sh- uh, drops me. It's called Eric. Drops me and as he drops me outside, Hey, by the way, brothers, you need to travel. God should help you to travel and see the things that people are doing. Oh, you go to that church and you're wondering, how can human beings do this? It's like Nyayo Stadium. Organized. People are filing out this way, others coming in, in droves. And it blessed my heart. Anyway, so he drops me at, outside here. And I ask him, just casual, Eric, do you ha- must you go away? Because he was coming to pick me late after the service. I told him, you know what, Eric? I can pay for your waiting charges if you come with me to the church. And he accepted. He came in. I asked him whether he has been to church. He told me he went to church when he was young. In other words, since he was a teenager, he's dash. No church. So he comes to church and there was love and laughter. Brethren, I'm come to talk about gladness. There is something about gladness and joy in church that brings unbelievers to Christ. So this man, we sit, we sit there and, and he's, you can see the faith in him as we are singing and praising God and giving other high fives. Actually, the thing that really blessed me when I went to church the first time was the joy of people in that church. It made me go back again. Anyway, so at the church, I take Erica outside. In the, in the car. And I begin sharing with him my life with Christ as he drives. When we arrived at my hotel, and I asked him, Eric, do you want this Jesus Christ? This man had hands already up in the air. Never seen that kind of faith. But I'm saying, share your life with Christ. Share your experience. You may think it's minor. It's powerful. 
So talking about fellowship, brothers and sisters, let me share a testimony. Last week, last week, uh, I met a sister whom we used to have fellowship together as students. Uh, we just met, coincidence, and she was my brother Mulongo. We were just talking about you last week. Naturally, you are keen to know who she was talking and perhaps you are keen to hear what they were talking about. Okay, so he says, I was talking with, about you with sister so-and-so. Okay, I'm thinking, mm, who is that? It was, you can't remember her? Say, mm, what is her other name? So she gave me uh, her surname. So she gave me night. She gave me the first name. Then it clicked in my spirit. I said, who? Where is she? What she tells me blessed my heart. But before I tell you what she told me, where that lady is, let me take a few years back. So as a student, I'm a pastor. You know when you're students, you live in every dingy places. So I used to live in a place called Kahawa. When that, it's not dingy for those who live there. But we were living in a, you know, those high-rise buildings where you can see what happens in the next room. Okay, And the toilets were outside. In our room, we were living three of us in a small, it's not a bed sitter because bed has got a toilet. The toilet was outside, you know, you will share toilets. You are given six, like each house keys. Eh? So you share like seven houses, you share one toilet and a bathroom. You know that, you guys, you live like you are, you are born in Lovington. <laughs> I can see on your face, you guys, you are like my background. Anyway, so that's the kind of house you are living in. So one day, my brothers and sisters, I was outside. Also, washing utensils was done outside, okay? There was a sink. So you will have to time your, you check, there are no people, you dash and wash and leave. So I dash out at around 11 a.m. to clean the utensils. And as I'm washing utensils, a lady comes next to me. She used to live opposite us. We never used to talk, we never used to talk to each other, perhaps just high, high. The reason being, this lady was not like our type. You know what I'm talking about. She will go out in the evening. I think there are no children here. I don't want to use that term. But she was not, you know, she was like those kind of ladies who go on the street in the evening. Okay? So we, we never used, we were born again. You know, you know what we're talking about? We were brothers born again. But every Thursday, we will meet as a small fellowship. I don't know that you're following the story. Every Thursday we will meet for worship and praying and taking tea. We'll meet at 7. It was supposed to be one hour. But we will go on up to 10, 11. We were still single. But perhaps two or three of us were married. We began three people in that service, but we came 25 within no time or 25. It was a powerful group. And so this lady comes and says hi to me as I'm washing utensils. And of course, I don't want to have so much interaction with her because I'm born again, okay? Remember? And she asks me something. She tells me, uh, so neighbor, I see you guys meeting here, singing. She says, you sing every week. I said, yes. She says, uh, is it okay if I also join you? You know, I took several seconds to get my speech. The reason I took seconds because I was wondering what I would tell my brothers and sisters where I got her. 
and how we began discussing. <laughs> you know when you're born again, my brother, things that are... <laughs> and on Thursday, she actually turned up. So of course, I went, went and explained to my brothers that she asked me, and I wasn't so sure she would come. On Thursday, she turned up. And as it was our custom, after worship and prayer, we began asking each other how the week was. And so it was her turn. And she told us some mind-boggling things. She said, you know what, guys, you guys here? Every Thursday, when you, when you meet, she even knew the date. Every Thursday, whenever you meet here at 7, people here put off their radios to listen to your worship. We said, is it true? Say, yes. Next week, watch out. You know, we were teenagers and, you know, music all over. So actually, non believers used to put off their radios to enjoy our worship. We didn't know that. And when this lady gives her life to Christ, hallelujah. And one day, I am traveling, and she got a job. You know how God works? She gets a job in Nakumat. One day, I'm driving, going for work in Meru, and I see a lady running towards me in a parking lot. And I'm looking behind me, I'm wondering, must be someone she's looking for. But then there was no one behind me. So when she arrived here, then I noted her. She gave me a beer hug. You know, you stumble to maintain your balance. She's not a small girl. She's a big girl. She was looking nice with a nice lipstick. Oh. <laughs> so we lost touch. Brothers, remember we're talking about fellowship, right? And prayer. And we lost touch. I lost the phone. We lost touch. So last week, I made this sister. She tells me, we were discussing about you with sister so and so, the same lady. So I ask, I ask her, where is she? It's like, the lady is my, is my worship leader. Where? Sitam. Oh, that blessed my heart. I ask, can I have her number? Do you have her number? She's like, yes. She gives me the number. And I call her. Before I introduce myself, the lady was screaming. She's like, I am at the airport. I'm asking, you are screaming at the airport like that? She's no longer using matatu. Brothers, Christ changes people. Christ changes people. So it reminded me, Bible says there was a certain man, a Jew born in Alexandria. His name was called Apollos. Bible says that this man was mighty in scripture. Although he only knew the baptism of John. And so when Aquila and Priscilla had him, they took him aside and explained the way of the Lord accurately. That's Acts 18 from 24. He says, and when Apollos wanted to cross to Achaia, 
the brethren wrote the disciples asking them that they receive him. And the Bible says, when Apollos arrived in Achaia, he was of great help to believers. For he vigorously argued with the Jews publicly, showing from scripture that Christ is the Lord. The point is, this lady who was going in the street, now she has been converted and washed. She's being of benefit to the body of Christ. She's arguing with the devil. She has overcome the evil one. But the point is this, my brothers, it was because of fellowship. Do not underestimate fellowship. Do not underestimate meeting together. Do not underestimate coffee when a brother calls you. There is power. There is power. There is secret. There is healing. Only wise people know this. Do not forsake coffee when you are called for coffee. I am coming to simplicity of food, breaking bread. I am coming to that one in a few seconds. But as you meet brother, one thing, let joy fill your heart. Do everything with joy. Last week on Thursday, I don't know how many were here with me when we were praying here with men. Okay. Okay. We met here on Thursday as men for prayers. And so, of course, we had a long time of prayer. And during Holy Communion, uh, they appointed me to do the Holy Communion. And all of us were tired. We were looking sad. And so I rebuked the brother. I said, Amen. Let everyone be joyful before we take the Holy Communion. I don't know whether you're following. The Bible says this. It says that with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. When you meet together, brothers and sisters, leave your problems behind. Put on some Vaseline. Be joyful. The second thing we need to do when we meet together as brothers and sisters is break bread. The Bible said they broke bread from house to house. Have the culture of breaking bread. And whenever you do that, do everything with simplicity. It says with simplicity of heart. So you have seen gladness. Let's be glad people. Gladness attracts non-believers. Gladness builds your faith. Secondly, let's break bread. We know the Holy Communion. Let me not talk about that. We are talking about normal breaking bread. There is something about food that is spiritual. This one, unbelievers, the people who are still here, who sit at the back, I don't understand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you being blessed? There is something about food that is so powerful spiritually. Me, I was taught by my old people. They told me that when someone invites you for food, it's a sign of friendship. Or someone is telling you that we want to take this relationship to a higher level. 
It's not casual. I want us to have communion, my brother. I want us to have communion. And the Bible says, submit one to another. First Peter 5, 5. You are submitting one to another. For those who have ever invited me for food, you will be so sure you can be at this witness. I always stand up. If you call me for stories, I may not, I may struggle to find time. But if you mention, Brother Mulongo, can, can I buy you coffee? I'll squeeze my timetable and come. Why? Because I know there is power. There is something you want to communicate. You are communicating something. And so, have the habit of inviting people in your house for coffee. Have the habit of buying others coffee. And have the habit of accepting food. It's a spiritual principle. Actually, Brother Mugo, now that you are listening keenly, studies have been done and have shown that food has got a way of improving agreement amongst people when they're discussing an item. And that's why lawyers, when they want to discuss something so deep and heavy with you, they want to negotiate a big deal with you, they discuss over food. A study, a study was done by Yale, Yale University, and, it, and they gave a certain people uh, some, some messages encouraging them to participate in a community project. And these people refused because they had no time. The same guys, after several weeks, they were brought in a cafeteria. And as they were eating, they were given the same statements. And approval ratings went up by 16%. Same group. So oneness in spirit over food is important. So it exemplifies communion and breaking of barriers. But as you do the food, remember, do it in simplicity. Let me explain. Let me explain. Then we'll see why simplicity. Uh, let me tell you first of all how simplicity looks like and then I tell you why simplicity, right? In a few seconds. Simplicity is this, that when we come to your house for food, my sister, be wise. One guy called Achebe or something, he said, when people come to your household to observe the moon, it doesn't mean that they cannot see the moon from their compound. When we come to your house for food, it is not that we don't have food in our house. Hello? And we are not looking to improve our nutrition. Point number two. Actually, you know you get used to the food that you prepared in your house that the taste in someone else's house tastes different. However good they have made it. So, the food in my house is better than yours, my stakaro. By all means. So, we are not coming to improve food. So, in simplicity, sister, make a simple meal. Pastors here can approve, can attest to this. Every time they have visited us, we have given them the menu that we are eating that day. Today, I can attest this one to you. If Uhuru Kenyatta called me that is coming to my house for dinner, and if we are serving week that day, we will, we will shove a plate in his face with joy. Brother Aliso, I'll give you, to, you can attest to this. Chai, and if there is njugu, we'll look for it. If there is none, 
We eat in Jugos, we watch TV. It's a spiritual principle that when people come to your house, make the food simple. I went to another brother of ours who invited me and Moeni in, uh, let me not say which city because he may be watching. And they made for us a three-course meal. There was boiled nyama, fried nyama, and the other nyama. There was fish boiled, fish fried, fish kachumbari. And when I look at this food, I felt sad. How much food can me and Mweni eat? And so that food was wasted. So on our way home, I told Mweni, let's never be like those guys. Today, those guys, even if they invite me, I'll not go to their house. Why? Because I feel sad that they may repeat the same mistake. So when we come to your house, we are coming for fellowship, not for food. Make a simple meal so that we can have time with you. Point number two about simplicity, how simplicity looks like. When a brother invites you for dinner or a coffee, my brother, my sister, don't go for the highest, the most expensive meal on the menu. That's not simplicity. That's lack of wisdom. So that this brother invites you again, watch his behaviors. <laughs> and the Bible's got an answer. It says, when a ruler invites you for food, put a knife on your throne if you are given to appetite. In other words, the Bible, you know, is very nice language. It says, if you are glutton, take care of your glutton. So if my brother, if I invite you for food, in a good restaurant. Two things you should do. Either wait until I order or ask me, my brother, what do you propose I have? If you wait for me to order, you may establish the parameters in which my budget is falling. Hello? Or if I propose to you, I'm telling you I am willing to spend X amount of money. Now, sisters who are single, you make very big mistakes. Let me come to this sister this side. You invite a sister for, for a date, and she goes for the most expensive thing she has never eaten. You are sunk. I'm telling you, you look so unschooled. I'll pay for it, but you're so unschooled. I know that you have got one growth to be done. This one has to be educated a bit. You're exposing your poverty. So the point is this, that when you are invited for food, do it with simplicity in terms of preparation, in terms of serving, and in terms of expenses. That's what the Bible is talking about, in simplicity of heart. They were eating bread with simplicity and gladness. So let's do these things in simplicity. My point is this, that should I come for a meeting that you have ordered. Pastor, you have called me for a meeting. And I desire one of the expensive food on the menu. One thing I always do is I'll eat that food and I'll pay the entire bill, though you invited me. You have gained some wisdom. So, let's do break the bread but with simplicity. So that, why? Number one, we don't get lost in detail. Let's not get lost in detail. 
an illustration in the Bible. Jesus comes to visit Mary and Martha, the two sisters. Remember the story. And the Bible says that Mary was busy with serving. Meanwhile, Martha was reclining at the feet of Jesus. And Mary felt aggravated in her spirit and tells the Lord, Lord, don't you see that I'm serving alone? And she tells her, oh, Mary, 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 you are bothered by many things. But mother has chosen the right thing. Christ was telling Mary, if you had understood simplicity, you will also be under my feet. You will have just brought me water in a glass and sat and listened. I have not come to improve nutrition in your house, Mary. Your sisters understood the secret of spiritual living. Do things with simplicity so we don't get lost in detail. When we meet for prayer, let's pray with simplicity. When we meet for worship, let's worship with simplicity. That fellowship I told you, my brother, we were doing it with simplicity of heart. Singing the songs that are common. And people are being blessed. People are being blessed. When you ask to pray, pray with simplicity. There is power in simplicity. Actually, the Bible has got very good examples. It tells this. It says, when you come before the Lord, do not offer the sacrifice of fools. Ecclesiastes 5. He says, when you come before the Lord, for the Lord is in heaven and you're on earth, so keep your words few. In other words, do not, do not be verbose before the Lord. It calls it a sacrifice of fools. Fools want to look complicated. Want to seem like you know. No. Be simple. It's a spiritual principle. Finally, this time is called prayer. Prayer will also just give you one item on prayer. Hello? Are you still with me? Prayer. If you've been taught so much about prayer, I just want to give you one principle on prayer. And I'll give you with a story in the Bible. So, Pharaoh discovers that the children of Israel were multiplying at an exponential rate. And he tells the midwives, tells them, from today, going forward, when you are attending to a Hebrew woman giving birth. Remember the story. You kill the boy and keep the girls alive. The two midwives were called Sipra and, and Poor. And these ladies decided to do the contrary. They decided to keep all the children alive. And with time, Pharaoh discovers, mm -mm, the, boy, the boys, I'm seeing the number of boys around this estate is not usual. So he calls the ladies. Hey, what did I tell you? Didn't I not tell you to kill the boys? They say, sir, the Hebrew women are not like our women, are not like Egyptian women. These ones are a madwong. Okay? They give birth before we arrive. And the Bible says something so powerful. It said, because these women feared the Lord, the Lord gave them also families. Powerful thing about prayer. Brothers and sisters, when you devote time to pray for other people, you are given a family. I don't know that you are getting that. 
brother of mine surprised me uh, a few weeks ago, last month. Again, we grew up together. He's now a pastor somewhere in Nairobi here. So I met him on the street and we were chatting. And, you know, as usual, we share our lives. And I told him a story about my life of something that I've been praying to God about. And so when he was seeing me off, he tells me, Brother Mlongo, uh, what's your plan for tomorrow? So I tell him, it depends. So he tells me, uh, I'm asking that because if you have got time tomorrow, I want us to fast and pray about this issue. Oh, that blessed me. This man, even me, the thing is mine. The prayer is mine. But I've never fasted. But this man is willing to take off from his business and ministry and fast with me. Oh, how many of us do that? This man has understood a spiritual principle. David says that when my enemies were sick, I humbled myself with fasting and prayed for them. Enemies of David, when they were sick, David humbled himself in sackcloth and in fasting. Aye. <laughs> this one's different. This one is different. Not even your sister. Your enemy. So when I learned that principle, my brothers and sisters, I also began doing the same. This week, uh, the Lord shows me in dream of a funeral in a certain man's home. And I woke up in the morning and prayed about it. You know, general prayer and prayed for that man and his wife and children. He's not even a believer. And it ended there. That night again, this time, it is me who is carrying the body in my car, taking the same home of that man. The dream repeated twice, two nights in a row. The next day, I took time to fast to pray for this man. But I learned from other people. So today that man is safe and happy and eating guache with his family. He doesn't know that the devil had come to kill him. But someone has stood in the gap for him. So, brothers, when we meet here, we call for prayers. It is a spiritual principle of church growth. You grow yours as you take care of others. God is taking care of your family. Your need is met like zipper and poor. So, avail yourself for prayer. Pray for your enemies. That's why the Bible says that. Because it's a direct correlation to what you're praying for. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for teaching us your word. And we submit ourselves to you. We ask you, Father, to continue revealing this word to us and to our spirits. As we are in that mood of prayer, if you have got something that is snagging your prayer that you want to, that we pray with you, just lift up your hand that we pray with you together. Anyone, you just want to pray for someone or, or yourself. Uh, so many hands. So many hands. Almost the entire church. Father, we thank you. 
for those who have lifted their hands a sign of faith. And we invoke heavens this morning. Your word says that you hear us when we pray. That you hearken to us when we pray. That your ears are not too short. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same miracle-working Father. And this morning, my Father, we come by faith that it is well for the righteous. It is well for the righteous. And the prayers are answered. Those hands, the prayer are answered in Jesus' name. Let's hear testimonies of faith of what you are able to do. For you are a God of righteousness. You are God of peace. You are God of prosperity. You are God of joy. You are God of life. Those who are dead, we welcome them back into life. Come forth. If your gift is dead, come forth. If your child is dead, come forth in Jesus' name. If your body is dead, come forth. We thank you for life. We thank you for life in our church. We thank you for life in our bodies. We thank you for life in our children. We thank you for the life of this body of Christ. We are well and doing exploits for Christ Jesus. Father, we worship you. Let's just worship. Father, we worship you. Just blessed your name. Bless you, Holy One of God. Be magnified this morning. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Father, we love you this morning. We love you this morning. We bless you. We bless you, Son of God. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for healing us, oh God. We are heads and all the tails. We bless you. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Shall we appreciate him with a word of clap, with some claps?